0: getting a microphone on. Is any of them other ones unmuted? Everything's muted. Check. this hour of the week and we're so glad again as always that you took time out of your busy schedule to spend time with us as we look at current events, things that are going on in the world and we take a God perspective of it what the word of God says. I know some people say, well, the Bible is an outdated book. No, the Bible is the oldest book, but it's still the most relevant book ever. And when you begin to dive into God's word, you can find answers to everyday problems, whether it's personal problems, whether it's local problems, all the way up to state problems and all the way up to federal and world problems. God's word has the answer. So we're going to look tonight. What I was wanting to talk about is, is it right to defend? Um, a lot of you, if you've been paying attention to the news, any at all, uh, or even if you don't, if you're just on social media, you'll see it or you'll see somebody that you know have commented about it. But here in the most recent, uh, you know, this past Monday, uh, the Supreme Court ruled against the state of Texas <coughs> um, concerning... Uh, them not allowing federal agents, Homeland Security agents or whatever agencies they're using there, Border Patrol, to come into a certain area in Texas. Uh, Governor Abbott, a week or two ago, he took the National Guard and they took over. Uh, I can't remember if it's Pierre Park, something park. And um, they pretty much just kicked out the, the federal government and the state of Texas took it over. And they've put out the Constantine wire and, you know, securing those borders. Uh, because I was just looking at this right before the, the uh, podcast started. Just last year alone, there was estimated at over 6.8 million illegal immigrants crossed over from the Mexico border into the state of Texas. And then, you know, of course, once they get into Texas, they're dispersed all over the United States. I even heard uh, yesterday on the radio um, that there's a, uh, I can't even remember the name of it, but it, they're, they're setting up a camp for illegal uh, aliens or illegal immigrants here in the state of North Carolina in Greensboro. And, you know, that's, that's getting really close to home. So it doesn't matter what state you're in, 6.8 million illegals in one year, 6.7 million the year before. They're estimating that to grow larger this year if something's not done. Um, we can't, our, our, our economy can't sustain that. Our, uh, our infrastructure can't sustain it. Our hospitals, our school systems, You know, this is their way, our government's way, I believe, as do a lot of people, to destroy this country and change this country from being the country that we've known. And I've heard a lot of people talking about, well, yeah, but Christians, we shouldn't get involved in these things, and we we need to just focus on preaching Jesus and, well— to me, I don't see how you, 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 if you say you preach Jesus, I don't see how you can't preach against these things because I know a lot of people and I've said this many times, but I know a lot of people always say, well, we just focus on what was written in red. Well, I understand that that's what Jesus said, but to be truthful about the whole thing, Jesus is the word. Jesus is the whole word from Genesis all the way to the last chapter, the last period in Revelations. Jesus is this word. The book of John says, in the beginning was the word. The word was God and it was with God. Then you read on down and it says, uh, I think verse 12 or so, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The only difference is, is the words in red was what Jesus spoke while he was here, face to face, as a man to a man. But the whole word of God is Jesus written in paper form or printed form. So, you know, this past Monday, the Supreme Court Justice they ruled against the Supreme Court. They ruled five to four in favor of the Biden administration, saying that they needed to take down their Constantina wire and remove these things and let the feds have access back into this certain area. It's a four, I think, about a 47 acre park where the, it's the biggest area where the illegals were coming in. And, Of course, this is going to be very controversial. It's going to escalate. Um, I believe it could even possibly spark a small uh, civil war in some instances if it's not dealt with properly because the American people are fed up. The American people are feeling the brunt of this, and this is not whether you're democrat republican this is not conservative versus liberal this is not black versus white or asian or uh, spanish latino this is just the american people are feeling the brunt of what's going on here and then you've got in your low-income communities you've got these uh low-income communities that are feeling the struggles people that live in uh you know uh, Section 8 housing and live on welfare, food stamps, and government assistance. They're getting this little bitty amount, and then they're finding out that these illegals are getting up to $6,000 a month. You know, I think one, uh, there was a report, one guy crossed the border uh, six times, I think it was, in one month. And every time he come across the border, they paid him $2,000. Well, it don't take much to do the math. If, you know, that's a lot of money. So the American people are feeling the brunt of this, and they're all beginning to speak out. But Texas is taking matters into their own hand, and I, I was going to go back and look at it, and I apologize. I, I didn't uh, quite get time to do it, but I, it's something in Section 4 or Article 4, Section 4, um, where the gut, go- the, the governor of Texas, the state of Texas has the right to defend itself against invasion. And I know that a lot of your local media sources and these people are, well, this is not an invasion, you know, and then you've got, uh, well, you've got, you know, uh, the, the the Biden administration is coming out and saying, you know, the border's secure, the border's in control, everything's okay. Mayorkas, you know, he's saying everything's all right. But yet even mainstream media is beginning to have to report on these things. But I begin to do a little digging on this over the past few days as the Supreme Court made this decision. And I was really amazed at the lack of, of pastors that are standing up and saying, well, okay, here's, excuse me, here's what God's word says about it. And, you know, so I thought I would begin to look at this from a biblical standpoint, um, you know, because we, we want people to come in, we want people to come (laughs) into America and, and live the American dream which I believe at this point, the American, well, I believe for the last several years, the American dream has turned in from a dream to a nightmare. Um, you know, with, with everything that you do is taxed, um, you, you know, you're taxed on your money that you make. Then every time you spend the money that you make, you're taxed on that. You know, it's just a snowball effect and the taxes are not getting cheaper. They're going up. You know, we're constantly sending all this money over to foreign aid to different countries. And the American people are going, okay. we we need to take care of our own country. And, you know, even crime rates has went up. Um, You know, there was a a report where uh, it was a CVS store, I think, in San Diego, maybe. Um, They're right beside an in and out burger, which is very, very popular on the West Coast. Um, that had shut down, but there was a CVS store close to there and a guy done a video. You can see this on X, the store shelves of this CVS has been completely empty. Um, they get emptied out for the past year because when they restock the shelves, these looters and most of them are illegal immigrants are coming into the store, grabbing things off the shelf, taking them outside, moving down a block and selling them for a little bit cheaper. And nobody can do anything about it, because if they deport them, by the time they finish the paperwork, the ones that's been deported are already back over here. You know, the one thing I think is amazing out of it, if there's anything good that could come out of this, is all of the cities, when uh, we had, you know, President 45, when he was in office and everybody was saying, that oh, he was mean and you you can't— you got to be able to let people come in. They're looking for a safe place, and we've got to be that. You had all of these cities uh, that—Democrat-run cities, by the um, way—that were screaming, oh, we're sanctuary cities. Let them come in. Let them come to us. And you've watched uh, Governor Greg Abbott. You've also watched Ron DeSantis. You've watched these governors, where they're seeing this influx, put them on buses and planes and ship them up to these sanctuary cities. But now these cities are overrun, Uh, you know, even with New York City. They're shutting down schools. They're doing it in Chicago. They're shutting down schools and making these children be homeschooled so they can house all of these illegal immigrants. And the people, the residents of these these state uh, cities have had enough, you know, and they're beginning to speak out. Um, But, you know, back to. The, the church side of it is, you know, everybody likes to quote uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 and 39. And many of you know this uh, very familiar passage of scripture. But as I begin to read that, there, there's a, I want to talk about the national side of this, should our government defend? But I also want to talk a little bit about the personal side of it, you and I. But Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 and 39, Jesus says here that you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn other to him also, meaning turn your other cheek to him also. And I believe the church has misconstrued and mistaught this verse um, you, you know uh, about defending ourselves. Well, you know, if somebody gets in your face and slaps you. You you supposed to turn the other cheek, and it's turned the Christians or churches ministers. It's turned us into looking like we're just a bunch of sissies that can be ran over, and um and yeah, chastity. That's a great point. It's it's affecting the elderly, the senior uh, living people. And it's affecting people on these, uh, you know, retirement incomes, fixed incomes, these things. You know, it's affecting everybody. But I believe when you look at these verses here, and I was studying this this morning, when you're looking at Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 and 39, where Jesus said this, and you know, it's an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but I tell you to resist an evil person but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. Jesus was referring here to what we call the law of retaliation, which if, you, if you're not familiar with that, you can find it in Exodus chapter 21. You can find it in Leviticus chapter 24, also in Deuteronomy 19. This law was intended to keep the offender, the one who has committed the crime, from receiving a harsher punishment than the offense warranted. So in other words, they were running into situations where somebody would do an offense and they may, you know, beat them half to death or maybe even kill them. So these laws were instituted by God um, so that people that done crimes had certain penalties based on the crime, which I believe you and me, would all agree that someone that, um, you know, steals a, uh, a a pack of crackers or a, a drink from a convenience store, um, verse should not receive the same punishment as someone that goes into a school and shoots up the school, you know, the punishments, there should be levels and variations of punishment. um, but that's more what Jesus was talking about here, but we've took it to say that you know irregardless, you're supposed to turn the other cheek. But you know, on the personal side of that, we're called to defend our own families. You know i I'm not gonna sit back and watch someone uh abuse my children, rape or molest my children or do anything to my children, I'm not going to sit idly by, you know, the same. I'm not going to watch someone mistreat and be very hateful or even put their hands on my wife. You know, those three people right there, my wife, my daughter, and my son, I will give my life for, I would go to prison and never bat an eye if you put your hands on my family. And I believe that that's my God given right, you know, and you know, some people talk about home defense. Should, should we defend our homes? We're supposed to just turn the other cheek and walk in love. Well, I can promise you that if somebody comes in my home unannounced and unwelcome and lets their self in and I don't know them and I perceive that they're going to do harm, oh, I may be praying, but I'm going to be pulling the trigger at the same time. I will defend my home. And I believe as Christians, we have the right to bear arms. We have the right to defend ourselves, you know, and I believe we've got to get away from this turning the other cheek. Now, if I'm preaching somewhere and a man comes up to me and starts getting in my face and slaps me while I'm preaching, I believe it would have to be the grace of God and his mercy would have to flood me heavily but I believe that I could turn the other cheek. But you see, here's the other thing that I believe that Jesus is talking about here is Jesus is not wanting us to do uh, have an attitude or a mindset of revenge. So if a man slaps me, well, I'm just going to slap him back. you know. But I still believe, even if I'm preaching, if a man comes in and he slaps me once, Okay, we might can we might could deal with that. God, thank you for your grace and mercy. Restrain me, Lord Jesus, now. But if I perceive that he's going to do me bodily harm, I would be an absolute fool not to defend myself. If I felt like my life was threatened, even if I'm preaching, I would be a fool not to defend myself the best way I could. So, you know, I, but I believe, like I said, that I, I believe this, this whole passage about turning the other cheek has been took out of context and it's been used to manipulate and to silence the church and the church looked less like a rock and more like a, a piece of wadded up paper, you know, and Jesus said on the rock which is the revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm here to tell you, Jesus was not the wimp that the world wants you to think he is. You know, Jesus was a tough man. I mean, a very tough man. I, I would dare say more he was more tougher than any man that that we've seen walk the face of the earth because of what he went through. You know, but he was tough. I mean, he worked with wood. He worked outside. He was in the elements. I believe he was a man's man. You know, I don't believe that all of these men that he called to follow him as disciples, there was something besides the spirit. There was still something about Jesus, his appearance, the way he carried himself, the way his, his mannerisms that would draw people to him. Why? Because everybody is drawn to somebody that's a, a man's man, you know, tough, built. That, that looks like they could handle themselves, But yet the world portrays Jesus as this little wimpy fellow that had long flowing hair and a nice trimmed beard and he wore, you know, pretty little sandals and a beautiful robe and he just floated around everywhere. But when you look at a lot of the disciples he called, these were fishermen. They were tough men, you know, having to go out in the elements and fish and, and work nets, you know, these were tough men. So, I don't believe that that a lot of times we we need to change the world's perception of men of God and women of God. We we need to, and I believe once you become confident in God's Word, uh, that that changes the way you walk. It changes the way you talk, but it also changes the way people perceive you. You know, so I believe that you know we need to reclaim the, the, uh, better image of who we are, because I can tell you, if you get in my face, you know, I I always told my kids this, uh, when they were in school, I would hold my arm out straight like this and I would have them hold theirs out. And I would tell them, I would say, look that your arm, hold your arm out. I said, the area between the tips of your fingers and your body, I said, that is what you want to call your personal space. You determine who comes in that space and who does not. I said, and if somebody that you don't want in that space gets in it and threatens you, you do whatever you have to do, and it's your right to get them out of there. You have to do that. you know, and I believe that we're right. I believe we're justified in that, you know, but um, I think that's something that we need to to re. Reinstitute or, or, or revise, however you want to say it, We because, just because we're Christians, does, it does not mean that we're weak and wimpy just waiting on Jesus. You know, the Bible says that he's coming back for a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. He's not coming back for a church that's hiding in a corner in a little safe space, sucking on our thumb and weeping on our Bible saying, Come, Lord Jesus, come. No, he's coming back for a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. I believe he's coming back for a church that looks more like John the Baptist and the Apostle Paul. You know, the voice cried in the wilderness. You know, that's what he's coming back for. We're fighting to win the lost until he comes instead of hiding in a corner because, well, we didn't want to hurt nobody's feelings, and, well, we just don't want no confrontation, you know, That's life. We're going to have it. We've got to get in there and deal with it. So on the personal side, yes, emphatically, yes. I believe that you have the right to defend yourself, your family, and your personal property. It's yours. You know, the Bible says that Satan uh, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, Devour, part of that is, and the Bible also says he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, if you lose part of your possessions that's yours, that you worked for, or you've been blessed with, that's being stolen from you. That's Satan. You know, but Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundant. Well, if I just see somebody steal it and say, well, I got to turn the other cheek. You know, I'm a Christian. Uh, Lord, uh, they're not going to steal it. I just now, in the name of Jesus, I'm just blessing them with it. Don't be a fool. They stole it. <laughs> you know, don't well, I'm going to turn that around and just, Lord, I just release it to them and give it to them. No, they stole it and they need to be held accountable. Now, can God r- restore to you what is lost? Absolutely. You know, but we've got to get out of this mindset that we we can't defend ourselves. I've had people ask before here, you know, uh, do y'all have uh, people that carry guns? I've said, absolutely, yes. Concealed carry. They said, who is it? I said, none of your business. (laughs) You know, let's hope you don't ever have to find out who it is. You know, um, I believe that it's, it's okay. Now, I'm not saying you need to come in with your old Western gun belt on with two big 357 Clint Eastwood special magnums hanging off the side. You know, I mean, that's a little uh, overkill, but I I think there's absolutely, I believe that we would be foolish not to have men in this church and women, as long as they're either men or woman. I won't always make sure that they're proficient with that weapon you know, and they have the right certifications and documentation so that if an event arises and they need to use excessive force, deadly force, that they're trained and proficient in doing it, you know. But um, that's personal, but that's also sliding it into the church. You know, uh, we, we went around our church and, and redone all of our locks, put all brand new locks and new door handles, and we made the function of these for egress is always available but entry is not. So before church starts, you can come and go as you please, but once the service starts, those doors are locked and the only uh you can't come in unless you have a key or somebody lets you in, but you can always get out in case of an emergency. I think that those things are smart and I think it's being wise. The Bible says to be a wise as a serpent. You know, So we have to be wise. We have to be smart uh, to do everything we can to protect ourselves and our church and the people in the church. We can't just sit back. Well, we just go and trust God. You know, yes, I'm trusting God, but I still believe God honors us even more when he sees that we've done everything we can in the natural We've used and we've looked at every angle, every possibility, and we've used all precaution that we can. It's not living in fear. It, it's, it's using wisdom, which God gave us. So, you know, absolutely on the personal side, I believe we have that right to defend ourselves and to use whatever means necessary to do that. But moving on to the government thing, uh, the issue of our government, I heard, or not heard, but saw a preacher uh, on X today, and you know he said that you know we as churches we should be more concerned about how are we going to feed these illegal immigrants and how are we going to help provide them housing, you know, and and we have to portray the love of Jesus uh, and not get caught up, and we have to forgive them and we have to pray for them. Here's the deal, genius. They've already reported MS gang members coming across the border. They just arrested this week another known terrorist, big-time terrorist. They caught him on our southern border. He was detained and arrested. You know, fentanyl and meth has come across at all-time highs that are killing our own children, our own young people, You know, the drugs itself is wiping out a younger generation that will never get the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ because our government won't do its job and defend the border. You know, so all of these things are happening. I can love them, but if you come in to do harm, at what point do I stop with my love for you And make sure the ones that are here are right and legal, that are citizens, just like me and my family, which I love more than anybody, period, end of story, that they're protected. You see, that gets into human love. That's not God loves his own. You know, and he's going to take care of his own. And then, you know, well, we got to forgive them. Well, I, I don't have a problem with that. I can forgive them, but we've got to do something to keep these problems from happening to take care of our own, you know. And this, he went on talking about, you know, that uh, uh, I forget how he phrased it. But, you know, my response to him on X was, uh, well, then why don't we send them all to your church? Why don't you start the feeding program and we'll help you out with it? You know, why don't you send your women and children to the border with these grown military-age men, which is what's coming across this border. You send them down there to minister to them, let me know how it works, and then I'll send the team myself. You know, why? Because it's it's ignorance going to seed. You know, we're we're missing the mark here, and we're going to lose our own for the sake of trying to say we're loving people that are, don't have any intentions on becoming model citizens and Christians in the United States of America. So it is our government's responsibility, first and foremost, that is their responsibility to defend that border. And I applaud Texas and Governor Abbott, and I think I've even read that uh, before, right before I got here, that Oklahoma is sending in their National Guard. God bless you, Oklahoma. And God bless any other state that will send aid to help with this. They also have a uh, trucker, big trucker convoy that is headed down there right now um, to start defending the borders and blocking up lanes and accesses so that these people can't get in, you know. But Governor Abbott has a right, and I, I so applaud him for standing up to our federal government, you know, because it's one thing to stand up against them whenever things are right. But when they rule blatantly rule against the protection of our borders of our country, they've gone way off base. They're off rail. They've derailed the whole justice system in this country. And it is now wrong. So, you know, we, we have to be able to look at these things and, I want you to turn with me um, in the book of Luke, chapter 22 and verse 36. He said here, he said, um, Jesus said to them, he was sending them out and he said, but now he who has a money bag, let him take it and likewise a knapsack. Now listen to these words, and he who has no sword, let him sell his garment.'" And buy one. Now, don't I know there'll be some people? Well, yeah, he was talking about a sword. He's not talking about guns. Well, I know that genius. They didn't have guns in the Bible days. Their method of defense, their their weapon of choice back then was a sword. Jesus Himself is telling them, "Listen, I'm not going to be here, and after they crucify me." When I'm ascended into heaven, you're going to be persecuted and you need to defend yourself. Now, wait a minute. Back up there in Matthew, he said, turn the other cheek. But now here he's telling them to defend themselves. Why? Because there's a difference in just, well, you slap me, I'm going to slap you back. You kick me, I'm going to kick you back. There's a difference in revenge or retaliation versus defense. You see, there's a difference between revenge and defense. To be in revenge has uh, to be spiteful, vindictive. To defend means to protect and secure your property. Jesus told his own disciples, you're going to need a sword because there's going to come a time when you are going to need to defend yourself. So if it was good enough for Jesus and his disciples, it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you, and it's absolutely good enough for our government. Now, some of you may say, well, you know, I, I may feel like, you know, and this this may get me in a little hot water with somebody, I, I don't know. But you can't walk around as a Christian in a, in a daze. You know, I know everybody said, well, I'm just watching and waiting. Well, that's fine but a person that is not constantly aware of their surroundings. And again, this is not saying live in fear because I will not live in fear. Fear is not in my vocabulary. The only time you'll hear me talk about fear in my life is the fear in in reference to my reverence to God. I'm scared to be without him. I, I would be fearful to be without him. But to live in fear of the world, absolutely not. Because if somebody takes me out, (laughs) bless God, they just give me a promotion. They help me out. You know, I get promoted to heaven. How did I lose? But there's nothing wrong. We need to be aware of our surroundings. We need to be conscious of what's going on around us. And, you know, in the the United States in this year, I'm not saying we will, but there may come a time this year where every one of us may have to have a, a way to defend ourselves at our homes, you know, and it's not ignorant to do that. And it's not saying that I don't have faith, you know, there's nothing wrong with me using my faith and my nine millimeter. (laughs) You know, I'm going to take my, my, cause the Bible says faith without works is dead. Well, if my nine millimeter works, I'm going to put it with my faith and we're going to find out that that other person's dead. It ain't me, you know? So I believe that we have that right. Jesus says it um, in the Bible, and that's all you got to say about it. If it's in the Bible, it's good enough for me. But with our government, God never said for our government to forgive people. God never said for the government to, to lay down to threats. God never said that the government has to, you know, uh, just love, love, love. That's to you and me as believers, but God himself set down specific guidelines for our governments. And I know these people, well, yeah, but our government's uh bad government. Well, I know that. And God knows that, you know, every government, God knows he, he puts leaders in office. He takes leaders out of office. He knows who they are. And you can look back at what we've been through. Well, if he knew that you know, all these other presidents were going in illegally and that all this interference and that they were, why did he allow it to happen? Because the church had went to sleep. The church had gotten quiet and been like, well, as long as y'all don't bother us, we won't bother y'all. And we lost our footing in the world. And we lost our footing in this nation. And we turned from being one nation under God to a nation that needs God again. And that's happened because we got quiet and we, we didn't want to say, well, God says y'all need to do this. And God says you need to do that. But look at acts chapter 17, look at acts chapter 17, verse 26. And Paul says here, he said, and he made from one man, every nation and of mankind to live on the face of the earth having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands and territories. So the next time you hear a Christian, and, you know, I I don't even think if they're going to misquote this and don't see it right, they shouldn't even call themselves Christians. Because to be a true Christian, you you should know the book that you're claiming that you live by. And if you don't know it, you must not be a Christian. But he said here in Acts chapter 17, verse 26, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their lands and territories. What does that mean? God is for boundaries and God is for territories. You know, my, my, the amazing thing about this is something that I, it, it really baffles my mind is if you look at all of these people that are touting, well, we we, we need open borders. We need open borders. Uh, The Clintons, they have a a gated wall around their house. You know, AOC lives in a gated community. You know, all of these people that's hollering this stuff, they live in gated communities or have gates and 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 bars and walls and fences around their own homes. So my thing is, when you look at what's going on with Texas, what would happen if you lived in a house and you had a big fence around your, or you didn't have it to start with, but you kept getting broke into every time you turn around, your homes get broke into. So you build this nice fence and you put Constantina wire around it for protection and for a couple of weeks hey there's no break-ins the only people that come in are the ones that you allow but everything's going good but say a month down the road you know hey I've went a whole month nothing has gotten broken into here i, I this is great i can sit in my backyard and just enjoy my 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 property you get a knock on your door so you look out there and it's the the chief of police or the sheriff. So you go and you open the gate and you let him in and he looks at you and says, listen, uh, you're going to have to take this Constantina wire off the top of this fence because there's multitudes of people that shouldn't be in here that are just, you know, they're wanting to come in here and, and you're going to have to do that or you're going to be arrested. You know, that that's the same as our national border. You know, there's nothing wrong with, with letting people come in, but come in the right way, come in through the channel or the door that we've allowed you that gives you access so that you can sign the right papers. You can fill out the right forms and you can do it the right way instead of trying to do this illegally, which we know that all these people that are screaming open borders and we need to let them come in there. They don't care nothing about these people. They hate these people as much as they hate you and me. But if they let them in, they know that it's going to destroy this nation and we'll not no longer be the superpower and the land of the free that we, we have been for many years. So, you know, God himself set boundaries and territories. So if God sets them, who are we to say that we don't need them? You know, so that's why, you know, everybody, well, you know, we just— we we got to let them in so that we, you know, they're, they're fleeing bondage. Well, if they're fleeing bondage, then somebody explain to me why all of these caravans of people that are coming over have on really nice shoes. None of their clothes are threadbare. I mean, you would almost think they were the mass exodus of Egypt. And, you know, because the children of Israel, the whole time they were out, they said none of their clothes wore out. There's none threadbare, none feeble. I mean, they, they got nice book bags in these caravans. They got cell phones. And here's the other thing. Their cell phones are charged. Where are they charging them at? Hmm. I wonder. How are they getting food? How are they being fed? You know, but they're, they're being paid to come across these borders. And I know I'll catch flack for that. I know I'll. You know, people's going to get mad about it and you can get mad and you can go to your local uh, community college and take a bridge building class, learn to build a bridge and get over it because this is the truth. Our government, it is the God given command of God. God sets the boundaries and territories. Government don't have any business moving those boundaries and territories to the point that it's going to harm the people that live inside. You know, so that's the whole thing is if you, you know, Christians, you, you, why? And it, to me, it all boils back down to there again, Christians have misused and misinterpreted the word love. Well, we just got to love, no love. The ultimate sign of love is correction. And if you don't correct things, it turns into chaos, which is what we're seeing all across the United States now, you know. But um, the last scripture I wanted to talk about, a uh, few passages of scriptures, and I'm going to read these out of my Bible. That's why I've got my my cheaters on here. <clears throat> Those of you that are over 40 will know what I'm talking about. Plus, the light's real dim in here. But um, starting in Romans chapter 13, I want to go over a few passages of scripture here. But he started in verse one, he said here, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Now, remember, I talked a little earlier about God knows even the wicked rulers that come in. And I know some people will go, well, see, if God put them in there, who are we to go against them? Well, hang on when we keep reading, and you'll understand why. In verse 2, he says, Therefore, whoever resists authority resists the ordinances of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Now, see, that, that works if the government's good and the people are bad. But now, when you've got a corrupt government and you've got good people, it's right or it's okay for the people to stand up for what is right. You know, that's where we get this whole misnomer or misconception about, well, God put them in and whatever they say I got to do. Well, what are you going to do if the government tells you to do something that you knowingly Without a shadow of a doubt, no is against God's word, against the will of God. Are you going to do it and say, well, God, you said I had to do what the government says. No. Anytime the government does something against the word of God and the will of God, we as Christians do not have to, to uh, abide by it or, 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 or go along with it. You know, we've got the church has got to get out of this mindset, go along to get along. Because go along to get along is going to get you right into the pit of hell. You know, and we go on here and look at verse three. And he says, for rulers are not a terror to good works. Now, remember that rulers are not a terror of good works, but to evil. But you want to be unafraid of the authority. Do what is good and you will have praise From the same. Now, see there, he said, "For rulers are not a terror to good works." That's the kind of rulers we need, but we have rulers that are a terror to good works. Churches are being persecuted. There's a a pastor in Pennsylvania uh, was preaching on the street, and he's just been arrested. I mean, it's a big court case now. You know, there's Christians being persecuted all around the world. We have to stand against that. That's terror in government places. And you say, yeah, but God put them in there because the church was asleep. God allowed them to go in and the church to wake up. So now it's our job to look in God's word and say, okay, I need to listen to government and abide with the government to this point. But once they pass that threshold, no, I'm not. You know, and I believe a government can get to a place in which I believe ours is now, as so as uh, many other ones—Canada, uh, England, uh, India. There's a lot of different governments, China, that are corrupt governments, and they're past the point of no return. They're at the place where they're going to have to be completely dismantled and rebuilt, especially America rebuilt to the government that was built in 1776 under the Constitution where we're the a Republic of the United States and not, well, this is democracy, 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 you know, which we, we'd done an episode on that a while back, but then he went on in verse four and he said, for he is God's minister to you for good. So look at here, if he's not good for you, if he's not doing good for your nation and for your country, he's not God's minister. I mean, that, that's the same as some of these uh, people that are out here, mega preachers that are getting all caught up in scandal and doing things that they know they shouldn't and living blatantly in sin. They're not God's ministers. Why? Because God, I, I like what one minister said, God is the only man that or only person that will fire you and let you keep your job. You stay, you can keep doing what you're doing, but judgment's coming, you know, God is the only boss that'll fire you but let you keep your job. And I believe we've got a lot of that going on, you know, not only in the church but in the government. But he said, for he is God's minister for you for good, but if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. Hmm. There he's talking about not bearing the sword in vain, for he is God's minister. Listen, listen excuse me, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Now I'm going to verse five. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. Now, I believe when he's talking here in verse four about being a bearer of the sword and not in vain, that's where I've had Christians, I've heard Again, I don't like calling them Christians. I'd rather just call them idiots. Um, Well, if if you're a Christian, you know, you can't be a police officer because you might have to kill somebody, and the Bible says thou shalt not murder. Well, here's the deal. Do you know there's a difference in kill and murder? Murder is with intent. Kill, nine out of ten times is self-defense. There's a difference. A cop is a government official. He has a badge that has a seal on it, meaning that 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 city, that state, (coughs) backs him, the law backs him. So if you're doing wrong, and he pulls a gun, and he shoots you, hey, God's not going to hold him accountable. Now, I know, I don't need to hear the comment, well, these bad cops, I know that, and God will hold them accountable. But if you breaking into somewhere or you going in to do damage or harm and you have a gun and that cop shoots you to stop the threat, God's not going to hold him accountable for murder. Same as our people that join our military. You know, I thank God for every person, especially any of you that's watching online, that has signed up and said, I'll defend our country and went into the armed forces. And I don't care what branch it was. Thank you. And I think God thanks you. God honors you for being willing to defend this country. And it plainly says it there, you know. And then he went on and he said, not only for wrath, but for conscience sake. Well, what's con- that's, I know what's right. I know what's wrong. Not everybody does. So some of us that know what's right and what's wrong have to do something to defend our, our property, our possessions, and our nation. So I believe that we need to begin to pray for the state of Texas. Um, you know, I believe that we need to pray protection over those soldiers, the National Guard, every soldier that's going in there. Pray for them and pray for the police officers, the sheriff's deputies, every elected official that's trying to protect our borders Pray for their safety and protection. Pray for Governor Abbott. Pray for his administration, that God would strengthen them, you know, and pray that our Supreme Court will realize what they've done, the error in their way, because what they even cited, they didn't even give an explanation on why they they voted the way they did. You know, um, but it was a five to four. So, I mean, it was, you know, and it was— some two of the judges really surprised me, really, really surprised me about doing what they did. But we need to pray for Texas and pray that will God will break, raise up men to defend our territories and our borders, and that God Himself will defend our borders because it is not right for people to come in illegally. Here's the thing, you know, some well that ain't God's way. You ain't gonna get to heaven any way you want. You ain't just going to find the way to heaven and jump over the wall or bust through the gate. I can promise you that. Why? Because Nera is the way. Jesus said, I am the door. There's only one way you're getting into heaven, and that's accept Jesus into your heart. You ain't going to go in like Oprah, you know, the head fornicator pedophile that she is. She says there's many ways to God not as many ways to hell, which I believe she'll find out. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to God. And that's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And until you ask him to come into your heart to, to that you can live for him, you're not going to make heaven, you know? So we need to understand all this deceptions going on and our borders are not being protected. If somebody tells you next time you, and I'm not saying getting into arguments with people, You know, it's not, don't get in an argument at your workplace and lose your job because you're trying to prove a point to, you know, you, you have to pick your battles and your arguments carefully. I I was telling my son the other day, you know, he had got talk and he's, he's really smart on this political stuff, but he was getting frustrated arguing with her. I said, look, don't argue with fools. Don't argue with idiots. Why? Because you, you, it's, you're spinning in the mud. You're not going to get anywhere. You're just wasting breath and energy. You know, I'm not saying get in the argument with these people. But when you hear Christians say that we don't need to worry about our borders and, and God loves everybody and we need to accept them all, you give them Acts chapter 17, verse 26, and give them Romans chapter 13. See what they say about that. That's God himself saying that he set boundaries For their lands. That means, hey, guys, this is your land. I've set you boundaries. This is yours. And territories. God done it himself. Ask them to explain that, and we'll see what kind of lame-brain answer they give. But, guys, that's all the time we've got for tonight. I appreciate so much, again, y'all taking time out of your schedule. Remember, do me a favor and hit that like button. We really like that one. But if you've watched, like I always say, and you say, yeah, this guy, I don't know what he's talking about. Hit the the dislike button. That's fine too. But the rest of you do us a favor, share this on your social media. There's somebody out there that needs to hear what God is saying about borders, about what God is saying about personal protection. Other people need to hear it. And don't just post it just to throw it out there. Write something on it about, you know, hey, Have you ever wondered about what God's word says about borders or should America, do you think that God wants us America to defend its borders? You know, put something like that on there and it'll get people to begin to click and watch this so that we can get this word out that maybe we can wake the, the the collective church in America up to say, Hey, we need to get behind these governments that are fighting for our uh, freedom and support them. And we need to start, standing up against a government that's trying to destroy this nation. You know, you, you got to start somewhere, but that's your job. Just share it. That's all you got to do. I'm the one that'll get in trouble for it and get all the hate mail and all that. You just share it and help me get in trouble and we'll all be all right. Amen. Guys, I appreciate you again. We'll see you next Wednesday night. Got a special broadcast next week. Uh, what we're going to shoot for. And this is going to be dealing with our local uh, elections and things coming up. So make sure you tune in for that and let other people know, because this is dealing with our local elections. You need to know it is important who we need to put in office that's going to fight for our freedoms and the one I have next week fighting for our children and our education system, which we know needs a massive overhaul and it needs help from God. So tune in for that next week. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.